Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. Hey everyone, welcome back to Right on Track. Joining me today is Ree Matei. Hey Ree. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Of course. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into our specific chat, can you share with the listeners a little about yourself and how you got started in music? Well, um, I was raised in Trenton, New Jersey, and my parents both loved music. My mom played violin in high school, and my dad played the accordion and uh, sold his accordivox for the first down payment on their home. And we always had a lot of traditional country music playing around our house, like Waylon Jennings, Tammy Wynette, George Jones, all those. And there was a bowling alley where all these stars would come to to play. They had like this little room in the back that, you know, sat a lot of people. And I got to meet Tammy Wynette as a little, little girl. And it just stuck with me. And um, so I went on and decided to, um, I wanted to get better at my guitar playing so I could accompany myself better. So I actually learned guitar, but then I went to Berklee College of Music and got a guitar performance major, a bachelor's degree from there. And basically from there, two weeks before graduation, an all-female band that was just starting out needed a lead guitar player. They put a note in my mailbox to audition. I auditioned. And then I ended up going on the road with them for three years, playing all over the country. Um, and it, on, then I came back to Nashville, and then I went out on the road again. And a, um, an agent for the Opryland Hotel heard me sing and play and told me if I come to Nashville, he'd book me in the Opryland Hotel. And that's kind of how I ended up residing in Nashville permanently in, in that area. That's fantastic. I love how you initially wanted to learn guitar better to be able to accompany yourself. And then that transitioned into playing for a band. That's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I did it, really. Yeah. So how would you describe your songwriting process? You know, I think it's changed through the years. You know, when I first started writing, I started writing when I was nine years old. And for the first probably 10 years of writing, it was more about like when I was in the mood to write, you know, I always kind of compared it to, Oh, I'm in the mood for a glass of wine and a pizza. You know, if I was in the mood to write and something came into my head, I would write. But then as I began to do it more professionally and make appointments with songwriters, I learned that I needed to have like a catalog of ideas um, ready to go with for people and to be able to kind of write on the spot when it was good for people to get together. So I, I learned to, anytime I had an idea, I would start either putting it in voice memo on my iPhone or I'd write it down in this idea book and just keep all those ideas at hand. If I had a melody idea, I would just sing it into my voice memo on my iPhone. And that's kind of how, you know, it kind of transitioned through the years. That's awesome. I really love how you made that transition from writing only when you were inspired to knowing you have to write in different situations, maybe when you're not feeling the muse. And I think that's a really good distinction between songwriters who are just writing for fun and as a hobby versus people who want to take it more seriously. And as a career, you have to be able to develop a process to a point where you're writing songs, not only when you're inspired. Right, right. And and when you, now when I write with writers too, you know, 
I also discuss, is this a song that we're trying to write for me, for my brand, you know, kind of what I represent as a songwriter, or is this something we just really want to write for, for maybe other people and pitch it to others too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think anytime you get into a co-writing session, especially when there's artists in the room, I think it's really important to have that discussion at the beginning when the ideas are floating around so everybody's on the same page for sure. So would you say you're more of a lyrically driven songwriter or melody? Gosh, you know, I think it depends on the song, but I will (laughs) say a lot of times when I come up with an idea... I have a melody in my head and that may change, you know, as I get together and write with other people. But a lot of times I do, a lot of times it just kind of comes together. Um, But I'd say when it, when that doesn't happen, it's very rare that I come up with a melody without a lyric. So I would say if, if it doesn't come together, then next would be the lyric by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I'm super lyrically driven. And like you, I typically don't have like a full melody with no lyrics, but that just happened to me for the first time. My original Christmas single, Tinsel Heart, coming out this year, I wrote from a complete melody, which never happened to me before. So it's really interesting doing that. And also, too, I love how you're super flexible. Like you have your typical process, but you're not opposed to starting from lyrics or starting from a melody fragment or maybe even like a chord progression or a groove. Because when you're in co-race, especially with writers who have different processes, it's really important to be flexible in those situations. Right. That's so true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I want to chat more about your music now, but before we get into your single, You Got Two Wheels, I wanted to read a quote that I think ties nicely into that for us to chat about in more general terms and from a songwriting perspective first. So this is by Helen Keller, and it says, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. And I think that says so much from your perspective. What does this mean to you? Yes, you know, um, and that is so true. I think that to go after what you truly love and what your passion is, you really have to let go of that fear and, you know, those internal voices. And I I think we all have those. And um, those a lot of times can hold us back. But it is, and it's an adventure. And I think that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, I feel like a lot of times when you hit those crossroads and those times when maybe you even feel like a little gloomy or dark or, hey, it's not going the way I thought it would go, that a lot of times everything happens for a reason. And you just don't know what's around the corner. You know, like you just you just got to go with it you know? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything you said. And I think this is an amazing quote because life is daring if you're hitting it head on. And I think for those of us who are creatives and songwriters and for anybody else out there chasing whichever dream they're chasing, the ones who are making their lives meaningful and going after dreams are the ones who are being dauntless and chasing those dreams. It's so much easier to sit back and stay in a comfortable space But especially in a place like the music industry, that's constantly moving and changing and a lot of things are out of our control. It definitely is daring, but I think that's really what makes it an adventure and really fun from time to time. Because even though there are difficult moments, I think being on this journey and along for the ride 
there are unexpected moments that come and I think that's the most amazing thing when you're chasing a dream you're on a certain path but you get, you get these unexpected opportunities and unexpected moments that either validate what you're doing or make you change course and give you different opportunities and more doors opening. And in order for that to happen, you have to take chances and you have to be fearless with the experience. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. I, I agree. And, and you just never know, um, especially with um, digital marketing and everything these days and just being able to be on so many di different digital platforms, whose lives you might be touching. You know, sometimes you don't always hear the what what how it reacts with people your song or what you're trying to convey but the music can touch a lot of people's lives in so many ways you know mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's something super special about what we do that we can pour hearts and souls into songs but what it really comes down to is how listeners respond and as songwriters one of the most beautiful things is hearing listeners stories and seeing them connect to music because I don't know about you but I write a lot of my music for myself first and things I need to get out and process but then seeing that being connected with by listeners is really special. Yes I, I do that a lot too and um, I think also I, it's almost like a, our own little therapy. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure absolutely. So now I want to hear about You Got Two Wheels. Awesome title, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I, you know, when I came up with the idea for that song, um, I wrote it with Michael Shepard. I really wanted something that was going to be positive, uplifting, you know, just something where, you know, it makes you want to tap your feet, puts a smile on your face. You know, it's, it's just a happy song. I wanted it to be kind of a, a summer song. It's kind of gone into fall too. Of course, people ride their bikes and all in the fall, but even for people that don't ride a motorcycle, because it's this really cool modern day love story of this girl that's in a Starbucks and this guy walks in who is on a Harley, you know, he gets off a Harley and not her typical person she would hook up with maybe, you know, it's kind of unexpected, but there's this instant connection and then you learn through the song that it's this lifelong, you know, it, it's, a, it's a love story that never ends, um, but it's kind of an unexpected happy moment. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying, you know, you just, those opportunities, things that come up in life that are kind of unexpected, but end up to be, wow, just, you know, the perfect, the perfect thing. And so that's what the song's all about. And it, I just felt like, you know, we needed something positive and uplifting, Yes, positivity and uplifting songs are always needed. And I love this song. I think it's incredible. And I love how you crafted this with that message of, you know, life's adventures in mind and with that positive spin and showing through the song that these adventures can end with beautiful moments and amazing things and I think that's a really great point to take away because when we look at these life adventures and when things come out of nowhere and we're afraid to see where they may lead we could be missing out on amazing things and I think this song is a beautiful beautiful way of representing how when we take those chances we can have incredible results yeah and I think um the second verse kind of sums it up you know because I mentioned about how how their life ends up you know they're pretty much in the country, you know, have free range chickens. They, they, they 
like the catching lightning bugs. It's all about just enjoying life and enjoying the moments together. Well, we went in the studio and we were working on the whole album at the time. You know, usually we would go in and do like three to four songs at a time. And so um, I always have like a work tape or work demo, you know, of the song of me playing it on my acoustic that I present to the studio musicians. And then we kind of take it from there and play around with it. And um, my producer, Barb Pursley, and myself, we like to do it almost like a live band feel. So, you know, for this song, we were like all in a, in a semicircle, except for like the drums that were in another room, so that we were all kind of playing off each other with the energy, which I think, you know, you can feel that in the song. And then um, I came back in later on and added my own guitar tracks, um, electric guitar and the guitar solo and things like that um, to the track. But we tried to give it that live feel. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's an amazing approach, too. And I've never recorded like that before. Like whenever I've had live musicians, everybody records their individual instrument. And then we kind of build it up from there. So I think it's really cool how you took that approach. Yeah, yeah. And the the SUNY musicians, I mean, they're they're amazing. But they play together a lot yeah. together. Um, so there was that, I think. They were all very comfortable with each other, and I think you can hear that in the music, too. Mm, yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, regardless if it's the musicians playing together or if it's the producer you're working with or collaborators you're working with, I think having that connection, especially when writing music, which is a very vulnerable art and a living art, I think it's really important to have those connections with collaborators. Yeah, I love that you call it a living art. I would definitely agree with that, and I've never heard it quite put that way but that really sums it up really nicely yeah so you have another single try to break my heart so can you share what this one's about yeah so this is you know I try to make all the women in my songs not vulnerable even if they're going through a difficult time I really always want to show the strength that comes out of out of everything that happens to them and so this song is about you know this this girl that meets this guy and he's obviously a heartbreaker. She knows that he can be a heartbreaker, but basically, um, as we talked about earlier with the Helen Keller statement, it's, um, she decides to be daring and go forward with this relationship because she sees that there's the possibility that something good could come out of it. And she's like, yeah, okay. You know, try to break my heart. I know, I know how you can be, but you know what? I'm a big girl, I can handle it. And it's it's just kind of this cat and mouse um, game between this guy and this girl. And um, and it it has a lot of power and strength to it. It's a fun, it's a fun song. Um, and uh, it's a very uplifting track also. I love how you're taking an approach of showing the character in the song being strong because I feel like we need more songs like that. And you know, tying back to what we were talking about earlier, being fearless, going on these adventures, it takes strength and vulnerability. It's a part of life. But I think when you're painting a character of a song in a way that shows them being strong, I feel like that can definitely inspire 
other women out there who are listening to the song that it's okay to be fearless and, you know, don't kind of shy away from those situations because you never know what can come of it. So I definitely love how you have that positive spin and that empowerment spin as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that, you know, the song comes across like that too because um, it's, it's just a fun, fun song, you know. I think people are going to like it. Yeah. So something I've noticed from you talking about both of these songs is I feel like your songwriting is extremely story-driven. And I love writing songs that are story-driven as well. And I think that's really a quality of country music in general. So what makes you feel like you gravitate more toward the direct conversational storytelling kind of lyrics rather than the abstract and metaphorical? You know, that's a good question. I, I I talked with someone about this recently, too, because especially if you look back at country more toward its roots, roots a lot of it was story songs. And there still is some. But um, I was highly influenced, and my parents used to take me to see a, a lot of songwriters live. And one of them was Harry Chapin, who I find is, I think, one of the best songwriters, you know, I've ever heard. He can, I mean, he he can sing a song and in your mind you can really you can see what what the what the sky looked like what they were wearing you know you could almost feel the temperature in the air because he could write you know and express through a song it, you know it's almost like reading a a book and but he did it in 3 minutes and um i love those story songs and he did a lot of those kind of story songs and i think that's what really inspired me to write, you know, story songs. I love that. And I completely agree that, you know, country music years, years ago, it was very story driven. I don't think it is as much anymore. And I'm glad that you are one of the artists who are trying to kind of keep that alive because I feel like the commercial space is leaning a little away from that, which is sad to see, but that's the commercial space. (laughs) Um, But I definitely love storytelling too. And I do pop and country music. And even in my pop music, I try to do it. Because you're right, like if you're very specific with imagery and you write a song that is like a story with the beginning, middle and end and an arc and a character and a certain setting and a theme and deep emotion and all these details that really make it come to life in a listener's mind, I think that really deepens listener connection and you're exactly right of it reading like a book too you know when we read books we're immersed in that world and even though songs are much shorter than novels we're still inviting listeners into the songs world and story songs are an amazing way of doing that. So what is some advice that you would like to share with any songwriters out there? From a perspective, a business perspective, I would say when you go into a session, make sure everything's clear on how it's going to be split. Because depending on where you live and what part of the country you come, sometimes that can be different. Sometimes, like in in Nashville, if you're in the room and you even give one line, then you're still going to get the same amount as everybody else, you know, but people are different on that. And so I feel like that's important. And I think it's also important if you're an artist and you're a writer to um, when you go into a writing session, if it's if you're really trying to write for your album or write for yourself at that time to make that clear to the other writer so that they can know, oh, OK, this is something they really want to say for them, you know, um, so they're maybe not pitching it to other people at the time. So that's one of the things. And then just um 
be open to trying different ways of writing. Um, I had gone to a NSAI, Nashville Songwriter Association, um, like a boot camp kind of a thing, you know, and they talked about sometimes either like writing with um, maybe just like a beat track, you know, to get ideas or not even picking up your instrument sometimes because sometimes when you pick up your own instrument, you tend to go to the same chords, the same kind of progressions. But if you do something different, or if let's say you're meeting with someone and they're a keyboard player, maybe letting them start out with some chord progressions or things that they're interested in, because it kind of takes you, like you said, out of your comfort zone, but also um, gives you new opportunities to grow as a writer and come up with ideas that maybe you wouldn't have thought of, you know, or, or created. Yeah, no, that's amazing. For what you said there at the end, I think that's really important. And even if you're switching between instruments, if you can play piano and guitar, if you've been writing on guitar a lot lately, switch to piano or vice versa. And if you've been writing a lot by starting with melody, maybe try lyrics. I think being versatile is really, really important. And I love what you were talking about at the beginning with splits. I'm all about equal splits down the middle. People are a little crazy about that. <laughs> but I think yeah, I agree you, with that too. I like the equal for yeah. everyone, you know. Yeah, if you contribute to a song, like, and that's the thing too, if you go in with the mindset or if somebody in the room is like giving you vibes, like if they write more, they're getting more, it just adds unnecessary pressure because people are going to be feeling like, oh gosh, if I don't contribute a whole verse to this song, I'm not going to get any credit hardly. And I don't think that's how it should be. So equal splits here too. And I think it's really important what you said too about recognizing your position in the room because I think there's this distinction between just a songwriter a singer songwriter and just an artist if you're just an artist obviously if you're in the room most likely that song is for you and the people are going to know if you're just a songwriter you know your job is to help write the song and it's not for you but singer songwriters like us we have an interesting situation because if we're in the session hoping to get a song we need to make that clear if we're writing the song for the artists in the room. But if not, I definitely think that we've been in situations too where even though we're artists, not every song we write and a co-write is for us. So having that super clear upfront and understanding everybody's role in the session, I think is really important so there aren't any misunderstandings. Right. And sometimes, you know, um, I've been in sessions where at first maybe I thought it would be for me and then come to find out it's really not for me, but it's a song that we all agree. We just maybe want to pitch to even somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really important to have those discussions. And also, too, I love when you just write songs and see where they go. Like, I did a co-write once, and my friend and I were just, like, writing a song with, like, no intent of, like, either of us singing it. And then after we wrote it, I loved it so much that I asked her if I could record it, and she said, yeah. So sometimes even when you don't have the intention of recording the song, depending on how it turns out, if you really resonate with it, that's how it can unfold. So we're coming down on the end of 2023, which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so just reflecting back on this year, what have been some of your favorite highlights and also looking ahead to 2024, what's to come? Oh, gosh. Um, some of my favorite highlights are doing like podcasts and things like with you. I just, I love to talk to everyone and, and it's, um, that's been so much fun, you know, from DJs to people that interview, whether it's podcast or for print. Um, I just love talking to everybody 
and I've really enjoyed that, um, that, that part and putting out, you know, my, I had my single, cause it's been a few years since I've had another single out. So I'm very excited about that and the opportunities that are coming with that. Um, I've got my CD release party, um, coming in November. Um, we're doing a, a live show, so I'm excited about that. And I'm also going to be doing a benefit for the veterans, um, in December in Columbia, Tennessee. So I'm really excited to give back in that way too, because that's so much something that I want to do with my music is to give back in some way. And then for 2024, I know it's hard to believe it's almost over. Um, my album, you know, we decided to put that out digitally um, in 2024, probably February, because there's still two singles to come out since you got two wheels. There's Try to Break My Heart, and then there'll be another single at the beginning of next year. So we're doing the CD release party for people that are there in person. They'll have, like, exclusive access to, um, you know, the CD with a QR code for the digital download. Um, but I'm really excited about the album coming out digitally for everyone to hear in 2024, um, which I'm, you know, real, real excited about that. And also I have other songs that I've written that I'm getting ready to go back in the studio for another album to come out <laughs> at the end or somewhere in 2024. So I'm um, a lot to be excited about and thankful for. I just am just so grateful and thankful, you know, for the people that listen, you know, to my music. It means so much so much to me, you know, and I hope in some way it, it brings them joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many incredible highlights you mentioned. I think doing interviews, that's one of my favorite parts too. I love talking to people and I love how you mentioned, you know, the benefit concert you're doing, giving back. I think that's extremely important and just finding ways to give back to whether it's the music industry or you know, the world in general, I think it's really important. And that's one of the main reasons why I started the show is to be able to give others a platform and talk to people because it's so interesting. Every time I talk to somebody, I learn something. I love chatting to people and hearing their stories. And it's made me a more empathetic and well-rounded person. So I've loved this. And good luck with the album. I'm releasing an album next year too. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> oh, great. I'll have to look for it. Yeah. For, for it. I'm very excited for you. That's it. <laughs> you too. That's so much. Isn't it exciting? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be my second album. I released an album in 2021, an EP last year. And I'm getting ready for another album, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's great. I wish you the best with that. Yeah, you too. Is this your first album or have you done one before? It's my, I had an EP, you know, but um, when, when Country Love came out, but we never put the EP out digitally at that time. It was just when I did concerts. And so this will be the first album, whole album, because it's eight songs plus two bonus tracks that are going to come out digitally. So yeah, that'll be my, my first full album. And I don't know. The next one might be an EP. A lot of people are going to the EPs now, just like maybe four to five songs, Yeah, you know? Yeah. No, I think a part of it, too, is to release music consistently because an album obviously takes more time and singles are great. But I've always loved the whole project. Like just as a listener, too. I love singles, but I love listening to an EP and album because the artist groups the songs together in a meaningful way and you get an overarching story instead of just the individual songs so i definitely agree with the project thing but yeah my ep like the main reason why i did that is because i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do for my next like full album which this one has eight songs on it i didn't know what i wanted to do so i had other songs that just fit 
on the EP. So instead of waiting, I don't know, like two and a half years before releasing something else, I think the EPs are a great way to bridge gaps as well while you're working on a full-length album. I agree with you. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason that there was this hiatus with me <laughs> releasing because there was a lot of time spent on the album. And I agree with you in the sense that albums, I feel like they take you on this roller coaster ride, you know, of the, and you can decide how, you know, how you want them all to be in what order to take you almost like on a little ride. But on the other hand, I think a lot of like music courses and things that you can take now, you know, I'm on some online groups and everything. They all talk about doing EPs now for the exact same thing that you say because you can release music more and it is so important to be consistent and have new music out there for people to listen to Mm. you know yeah yeah and I feel like as independent artists we have even more pressure because we have to work harder to get our music in front of listeners versus mainstream artists that can maybe go a couple years without releasing anything but people still know who they are and their music's still on major radio and they're doing concerts and things like that but I think for us we need to work a little harder so cranking out that music consistently and sharing it is really important yeah yeah that's so true yeah so are there any final thoughts you would like to share with the listeners about your music coming soon um just uh, that I'm grateful. I know I say it a lot, but I am so really incredibly grateful. You know, um, it's been my passion since I was five years old, and I'm sure that you, you understand too. And it's something that, you know, I quit for a while. Before 2013, I'd quit, and I felt like part of my soul died. And so I think what I'd want to say to a listener out there is, you know, if you have a passion for writing or singing or both, you know, keep trying to do it. Because, yes, it's not easy and there's a lot of criticism and there's a lot, you know, of no's before you get a yes. And um, But if, if, if it's in your heart and it's something that you love, I would just say always, always go after, you know, your dream and, um, and just do it. Just, and not, not overthink it. Just, just start doing it and doors will open. You know, try not to be a perfectionist about it and, and just learn along the way, like you said, and I just would encourage people to go after their dreams. And if they love to write, you know, just write. And, um, you know, I just think it's great that you have a podcast like this for people that do write. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ray, what amazing note to end on. It was lovely having you on the show. Can you share with everybody where they can find you online and check out your music? Yes. Yeah, so my website is remate.com. That's R-E-M, like a Mary, A-T-T-E-I.com. And that will have, you know, my merchandise and all about me and everything on there. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram, re.mate. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And I'm, I just recently got on TikTok. Uh-oh, so. it's still not on there yet. I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> That's another whole world. We could have a, we could have a whole podcast on TikTok. Oh, my God. But I'm I, still um, not on there. You can catch up with me on any of on any of those platforms. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, Rhea, it was lovely having you on the show, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Rhea Mate, and of course, until next time, stay, stay right, right on, on track. track.